As we turn to Revelation chapter 13, um, I want to just uh, highlight a couple of things for you. First of all, we do have copies of the book of Revelation here as a gift. We've got some out front there. I think we still have some left. We really do want you to take these because we want to invite you to dig in and study along with us. With that in mind, we also have a study guide that actually goes with every chapter. I wrote a guide to go with each one. And this is the reason, because this is challenging content. I almost want to give a little PSA to you know, people who are exploring faith maybe, or maybe brand new to faith. Um, this is challenging content. This is not 101 stuff. And if you're not careful with how you approach it, uh, it can be kind of like, is he crazy up there? Like, is this suddenly a call? Like, what are we talking about, right? This is challenging stuff. And so we want to give you plenty of handholds uh, as we go along in this uh, book. I've never actually been in a church that's preached the book of Revelation. Maybe this is why. It's hard. But I do want you to know that I think it's worth it. And so we invite you to, to study along, take notes, grab a, a study guide out there, and join us on this kind of process of seeing what this amazing book has to offer. So today I want to start with a bit of a game. Hopefully you've got some, a pencil or something to write, but it's, it's can you spot the fake, okay? Can you spot the fake? Um, I love, personally, I'm a big fan of knockoffs. I know a lot of people aren't necessarily fans of knockoffs. I love going to Thailand and, you know, you can buy the Folex for like $20. Uh, I think that's awesome. And people go, well, it only lasts a year. I say, yeah, but for 20 bucks, you know, you buy a new one every year. And then you also get you know, a, a new watch every year. Kind of the same thing whenever you go down to Chinatown, you know, there's always someone who's there to sell you a bag of, you know, some sort of Louis Vuitton thing, right? I, I kind of like knockoffs. I think they're, they're interesting. In fact, they have a saying in Thailand uh, when you're going, is this, is this actually, uh, you know, a, a Game Boy? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, same, 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 same. Do you know what comes next? But different. Same, same. But different. In fact, I, you know, I think my wife had t-shirts that same, same on the front and then on the back, but different, okay? So we're going to play a little bit of same, same, but different here today. Let's test. Uh, I'll give you just a few seconds on this and kind of see if you can spot the fake. So here's number one. So which is the correct logo? One of them is the actual logo and the other one's the knockoff. If you want to play along, go ahead and write A or B. I'm only going to give you a few seconds on these, okay? A or B, and you can score yourselves at the end, right? Adidas, which one is it? All right, number two, A or B. Which is the correct logo for Pepsi? Now you're thinking back to as you're going along the water, you know, seeing over there the famous Pepsi logo. All right, we're going to jump to number four. Ooh, this one's a bit challenging. IBM, A or B? A or B. Okay, number five. Ooh. Now, now people know this could be the difference of you getting an actual LG appliance or some sort of same, same, but different, okay? Um, number six. The Colonel. Who is the real Colonel and who is Popeyes in disguise, right? The real Colonel. Herbs and spices. Actually, they said someone accidentally released the 13 herbs and spices. Uh, it was in the news. Number, number seven. We only got a couple more.
And lastly, number eight. Lastly, number eight. And while you're, you're tallying and finishing up, uh, they had such a problem with, with knockoff iPhones in China. They actually had a full Apple store in China. That was completely fake, but it was the whole store. And do you know how you could tell the difference between an Apple knockoff in China and a genuine one in America? The ones in China said made in California on the back, which is especially ironic given that real iPhones say made in China on the back. So, um, all right, let's see how you did. Let's see how everyone spotted the fake here. All right, number one, A. Two, A. Three, <laughs> B. Four, B. Five, A. Six, A. Seven, B. Eight, A. All right, did we get any perfect scores in here? Perfect. <laughs> did we get any zero? Raise your hand if you got zero of them right. Wow, all right, it's statistically very unlikely. If, you know, first in class. First in class. Now, here's, here's, why, here's why this is so hard, okay? And this is true of fakes in general. It isn't obvious to us. It isn't obvious to us. And it isn't obvious to others. Go ahead and switch the slides here. It isn't obvious to us, and it isn't obvious to others. You sit there and you go, I think I can call it. I think I can, I think I can go, yeah, that's, that's totally out to lunch here. But the reality of it is, if something is a fake, it's in disguise. It's trying to be as close as it can possibly be. When we look at these sort of things, it isn't obvious to us, and it isn't obvious to others. And you go, okay, you know, random quiz with logos that seems like something you're doing on Instagram when you have some extra time or Facebook or something. But, but it actually is a bigger issue than just these sort of fun games because fakes can sway our purchases. Do you know that? You ever go on Amazon? There's a whole industry of fake reviews on Amazon and a product comes up and they get a whole bunch of, you know, five-star reviews and it's actually a knockoff. Amazon has a whole department that's trying to trying to stop these things. See, when you have these sort of deceptions, when you have these fakes, when you have these things that aren't the genuine article, they're trying to convince you and it can actually sway your purchases. It can also spin your politics, right? Fake news. How much has that been in the news? Fake news. And these algorithms that put things in front of you and people want to kind of muddy the waters, right? Knockoffs. It can skew our relationships, it can actually skew our relationships, right? These sort of things, especially when it comes to politics or things that can, can really be pushing people one way or another, we become very divided over it, okay? But here's really why it matters to us today. It can actually sabotage our churches. It can actually sabotage our churches. This whole idea of fakes, passing off something as if it's the genuine article, and when we buy it hook, line, and sinker, and you walk away with this, it can actually sabotage our churches. Let me show you how the Bible talks about this. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. And I just want you to note, before we jump in the text here, notice it's talking about spirits and false prophets, okay? People. There is a spiritual element to what they are doing. It's not just a person who's kind of, you know, 
music man a la peddling instruments to a town that doesn't need it, okay? There's a spiritual dimension to this, and there is a physical dimension to this. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now in the world today. This is mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. First of all, that a person who comes in and is claiming to speak for God. Friends, that is always dangerous territory. That is why I take what I do very seriously. Because when you stand up somewhere and you say, this is what God says, you really better be right, okay? And there, there is a steep cost to, to doing this. But there are some who it's not just out of accident or, you know, lack of preparation. There's some people who are trying to influence you in your life, saying, God has shown me this. God has said this to me. This is God's word for you. I once had a girl in Bible college come up to me and said, God has revealed to me in a dream that we're supposed to get married. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to wait for God to reveal that to me, um, you know, because I'm not, th- I'm not feeling it, you know. Um, but speaking for God is, is a really dangerous thing. And some people manipulate this, right? But this is the other thing that what matters for us today, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming. The book of Revelation speaks of this, but it's actually something that is present today. And you're saying, well, which is it? Is it some figure in the future? Or is it this person peddling their own ideology for their own benefit today? It's actually both. Because it's something that's going on underneath. It's not that every person is an antichrist, but there's these spiritual forces that want to manipulate people for their own Good. This is where we get kind of those creepy cults, you know, high dominance, high control. People have, have very little access to the outside world, right? There's this spirit of deception. And I want to talk about that today. See, this really highlights for us. You've heard this is going to be in the future, but it matters today because the future you see shapes the life that you live. This is our premise for the whole book of Revelation. The future you see we're seeing things about what the, what the Antichrist is going to do. We're seeing how the end is going to unfold. And that should actually inform how we live our lives today. And just like you've heard about this Antichrist, this one who deceives, this one who pretends to be God, it actually is something that you need to watch out for today. So Revelation chapter 13, this is what we're going to see. The beast and his mark. And we're going to learn that today you need to test the spirits. Someone said to me on the way in, I was reading Revelation 13 um, and I was praying for you because I was thinking, how on earth are we going to talk about this? It's kind of crazy content, okay? So if you're new, stick with us. But this is about the beast and the mark of the beast. Lots of conversation about this, lots of confusion about it, okay? So let's jump in. Revelation 13 verse 1. I'm just going to read a chunk of the text first, so I encourage you to Actually, pull it up and follow along. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads and ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, its feet like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. 
And to it, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, for it had been given his authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who could possibly fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words. And it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. And it opened up its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling. This, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Verse 7. And also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given to it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has a hear, has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword he must be slain. Here is a call for endurance and faith of the saints. Now, if you're going, I'm sorry, what? Okay, there's a lot going on here, and let me just talk about this. We're, we're talking about counterfeit gods here. And this is a good time to remind you that Revelation is apocalyptic literature. The liter literary category matters, okay? It's very fantastic. It's vivid. It's meant to engage your emotions, not simply cognitive your mind, okay? So we're using lots of imagery. Now, we're not to understand that there's this actual giant beast that comes out and he's got kind of this Frankenstein thing, you know, one bare leg and one leopard leg. He's got all these horns, right? I wouldn't think that'd be very convincing, right? That everyone goes, wow, you're this normal great thing that I'm going to worship, right? That's not it. It's actually coming in guise as a person. And those things that we're describing are describing truisms about that. There is strength. There is authority. There's a stability, right? There's a speed. It's conveying that this is an incredibly powerful individual with all these sort of attributes, okay? So John is using very uh, imaginative language to talk about this character. So what's happening? Well, in the last chapter, we had the dragon, which is representative as Satan. Satan is moving in these end times. And Satan, who is uh, appearing as an angel of light, is actually going to call two individuals to join him in trying to rebel against God. So he raised up this beast, this figure, and then we're going to see an antichrist or the prophet in the next section of the book. You've got Satan, the beast, and the prophet. Basically, it is an unholy trinity. He is trying to recreate and do the things that are, are giving off these sort of vibes of what, what God is doing, right? In the same way that God, we're told in Revelation, puts his name on people's foreheads, so the beast is going to put a mark on people's foreheads. Everything that's happening here is an imitation of what God is doing because Satan, at the end of the day, is a great deceiver. So what do we know about this beast? Well, it's going to be an individual who's very charismatic, who's got a lot of influence, got a lot of control, and actually can do miraculous things. Friends, just because you see a miracle does not mean it's from God. There is a larger spiritual reality at play. That's why we were told to test the spirit's because not every spirit is the spirit of God. And so we see this here. 
Here's this individual who's got this power, this authority, this sort of global influence, and takes a mortal wound and has this miraculous recovery from a mortal wound. Friends, who else has done that? Jesus, okay? You see the mirroring that's happening. John is painting this as, this is a great counterfeit that's happening here. This individual is going to have some sort of public, miraculous thing happen, and everyone's going to go, wow, that's so amazing. It must be true. It must be from God. And in fact, they even say it as a refrain in this, in the part of it right here, when they say, who is like the beast? Friends, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be fantastic. And you go, I mean, how is it so deceptive? And this is why we need to remind ourselves of the language here. Because if there really was this physical beast that's like, oh, I'm evil, you know, and how would ever, no one would buy that. To be a deception, it has to be really convincing. And so it's not going to be this obvious thing that everyone can tell, wow, you're this evil thing. It's someone who's portraying themselves as true and right, and they have these miracles, and a lot of people buy into it. Why? Well, this is just a truism in life, right? People most readily listen to what they already want to hear. And here comes this person who's saying, man, you, you are right this whole time, right? All that stuff that God said to do or not do, like, you know, forget that. Actually, I want you to know, like, everything you're doing, man, you just do you, okay? You just, you, whatever is coming up inside of you, You know, it's every Disney movie ever. Just follow your heart. (laughs) Just follow your heart. Friends, your heart can lead you in some really bad places, okay? But people want to hear it, okay? People want to hear it. And so we're told this, that this is going to happen. It's going to happen for two and a half years, 42 months. And if anyone is taken captive, to captivity they go. This isn't going to be a choice. It's not going to be, well, maybe it will be different. No, it's going to take place. And so... Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. This is what John is saying you need. You need faith to dissent and endurance to hold fast to the faith once delivered. Friends, we live in a culture and a society that really champions dissenting if you're following the party line, okay? And, and more and more, it is getting difficult to just with kind of a winsome redirects, you know, ah, that whole thing about Jesus, you know, only way, like, ah, uh, you know, I mean, how about we talk about this over here, right? There's a growing pressure that is not always aligning with what has been the faith once handed down. This isn't just something in the future. There are times where you actually have to have the faith to dissent, the faith to say this, hey, I am, I'm actually choosing to believe God's truth over my opinion or over everyone's opinion. And, and there's this, this thing that says, okay, my conscience is bound to the word of God. Friends, that takes faith because there's a lot of pressure that's going to say, no, you kind of need to go, all right, maybe that's, you know, well, maybe that's not true. And then you need endurance to hold fast. There are people who start their journey of faith and they sit there and they have this encounter with Jesus and they go, yeah, I also want to believe this. And just over time, pressure, right? Influence, fakes, spirits that aren't moving towards Jesus. They start to drift. And they go, man, I I don't know. I kind of used to be, someone told me this recently. Oh man, I used to be really religious. And then I don't know what happened. Just kind of, 
you know, just kind of drifted away. Did you know most people don't just go, I'm done with my faith, right, in that moment? That's what you see on a movie, right? Most people, it's a slow slide over time because of pressures. You actually have to have faith to go, I'm hearing a lot of things, I'm seeing a lot of fakes, but I'm going to trust what God says. And then it actually takes endurance to hold on to your faith. Say, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue to, to walk the way that God is calling me. It, this isn't just something that's true about someday with this beast and this time and when's that going to happen? What's it going to look like? You actually need it today. You actually need a faith to descend and an endurance to continue. My prayer is, for me personally, that I will keep following Jesus passionately until the day I die. And friends, there are a lot of forces that push against that. And that's actually my hope for you too. That's my hope for you too. Let's look at this next section. Uh, it, it's a not so pale imitation, right? Everyone wants to believe that, you know, evil is, is always so obvious and everyone can call it out, right? Um, this is why I, I hate, this is a slight rant here. I hate movies like Avatar, I know it was a blockbuster. Lots of people love it. I hate ones that are so painfully obvious, right? Corporate greed versus the like nativists, you know, like the natural world. And the corporate greed is looking for unobtainium, right? The ore, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so painfully obvious. Um, you know, but that's not actually how evil works, right? It's not obvious. It's not obvious. And, and if if we're looking for the obvious when we're, we're missing out. See, what we're going to see next is a not-so-pale imitation. Look at verse 11. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth, and it had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. Remember our figurative language here. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence, and it makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven in front of people. And the signs that is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give birth to the image of the beast, so the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. And it also causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who, under, let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is six. Six, six. Now, if you've never read this before, first of all, you're welcome. Um, but second of all, uh, this is where we get a lot of this sort of um, kind of, I don't know, uh, pseudo-religious theology sort of stuff about 666, right? This is an evil number, mark of the beast. Um, there's a lot of uh, kind of uh, folk religion understanding around this. Um, I once had someone come up to me and they said they brought a, a monster energy drink. Right, I don't know who drinks that, but they brought this monster energy drink, and um, they said, "I heard that this is the mark of the beast." And I said, "Really? That's interesting." They said, "Well, yeah, because it's it's like this, and if you turn it on its side, it's um, it looks like a Hebrew letter, 
which in Hebrew is also the starting letter for um, beast, and it's called, you know, kind of a this sort of energy drink thing. And I'm concerned that this is leading our youth astray. That's a lot. That's a lot. I said, I, I'm not really concerned about, you know, deep conspiracy advertising on energy drinks. Like, I think the M, it just stands for monster. Like, I think that's the point. And I, I don't want to make fun of people. Like, it was a genuine concern. But just saying, I think actually, like, you know, the, the societal pressure that is causing, you know, a lot of mental health breakdown in teens, I think that's more of an issue for our kids, right? than advertising, right? So I don't don't want to make light of people's concerns, but I do want to kind of put some fears at at rest here. Um, We were told that this this, uh, second one comes up. Later we'll see it's a a prophet, right? So you have uh, the dragon who's operating as God the Father. You've got this beast with the mortal wound who is imitating Jesus, the son. And then you get this prophet who who would be the equivalent of a pale imitation of the Holy Spirit which is constantly referring back to worship of the beast, as the Spirit is constantly pointing back to worship of Jesus Christ, okay? You see the parallels that are happening here. And this this individual puts up this sort of uh, grave image, whether it's, you know, an actual image or not, um, hard to say. But, I mean, it's really impressive. Some amazing miracles happen. It's really jaw-dropping type of stuff. Um, and people are encouraged to look at this amazing, this amazing individual who's had these miraculous events, and it's kind of, you know, the hype man for it. Like, isn't that so amazing? You should give your heart to that. Man, you should just, whatever that person says, you should just take it in, and you should follow this, okay? So kind of this, this worship, turning from God and turning to Satan and his not-so-pale imitations, right? It's not easy to see. Amazing, miraculous things happen. If someone comes up to me and they say, Brian, I have a a word of truth for you, right? Um, I'm pretty skeptical. Um, If someone says, hey, Brian, I've got a a word of truth for you, and then they call down fire from heaven, I'm a lot more interested, okay? Like, I, I, you can see how this is pretty convincing, okay? When you see miracles, you go, wow, like this is, you know, this is something different. Um, but they do this mark of the beast, and there's a lot of concern. What is that? Can you accidentally get it? No, you cannot accidentally get the mark of the beast. I actually believe the church is, um, the church right now would be raptured at that point. Um, but even for believers who are then, uh, it, there's not this sort of, you know, ha, gotcha, here's a pill, and no, no, it's got the mark, right? It's an intentional thing to say, I am aligning myself with this person and their ideology and how they're running the world and life. And and I'm so bought into this. I'm going to be a part of that system. And there's going to be a lot of pressure to do this. And uh, what that actually is, some people are like, is that a microchip? Is that, I don't know. And the text doesn't tell us. So, you know, you can speculate, but at the end of speculation, the big idea is this. It's a group of people who say, I'm going to align myself, all of me. I'm bought in. I am team Antichrist. It's not going to be called that, right? No one's going to join Team Antichrist. Right? It's, you know, it'll sound better than that, but that's the idea, okay? And it will be some sort of mark. And, and if you don't participate, you're going to be frozen. You're going to be pushed out of the system, right? And we used to think, that's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, how could you not buy or sell if you're not a part of Team Antichrist? It, you know, even 20 years ago, it was like, I don't even know that's believable. Do you see what happened to Russia? 
how easy it is to turn the switch off? Do you know there are countries now that are giving you a social score? Depending on how good of a citizen you are, you're allowed to do transactions. And if your citizenship falls, that can turn off. You can't get a loan, you can't get a car, right? You sit there and go, oh, wait a minute, this is becoming a little bit easier as we centralize so much stuff. It's becoming a lot easier. And you can t understand the pressure. You want to keep your job, right? You want to keep your house? You want to still have your kids in school? Line up. It requires faith to descend and endurance to hold on to the faith that has been passed down for generations, right? It's, it's not easy. It's certainly not going to be easy then, and it's not easy today. And this is what's so fascinating. At the very end of this thing, right, you see this is going to affect everybody, rich, free, um, rich, poor, free, slave. Everybody is going to have to choose there is a choice that is going to be coming. And this calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. All right, by a show of hands, who has understanding here? Right? Okay, we read this and we kind of scratch our heads going, I don't even know how to do this. There's lots of ways people interpret this. They go different directions. Um, but let me kind of summarize it this way. Um, it, it's a... It's, kind of a mysterious thing that John says, but the number of man, this calls for wisdom. I want you to understand the name of this individual, the number of this individual, 666. Briefly, the number seven is very, uh, it's all throughout the book of Revelation, and it is generally recognized as the number that's associated with God, with completeness. Six is the number of man, which is shy of seven incomplete. And so 777, a trinity of God. 666, a trinity of evil, okay? It's not that the person's name is somehow going to be spelled out through, you know, some sort of a, you know, working with numbers. It's really this theological premise. I want you to understand that whoever this person is, it's going to be close. Six is pretty close to seven, right? It's pretty close, but close isn't the same thing as saying it's seven. There's going to be this imitation. There's going to be this sort of deception, this sort of, this sort of six, six, six. This group of individuals leading the world astray are going to put on a good show. But at the end of the day, it's not God. It's not God. And that's actually going to make all the difference. So what, what do we do with this today? You're going, okay, I learned some interesting stuff. Um, I can purchase monster energy drinks and not, you know, feel concerned about my soul. Um, but I, I want to really talk about why this matters today. Let's look at that verse again. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By the way, this was written to a first century audience, right? Not just in the future. These are things that happen today. So here's what we should, one thing we should take away from this. There's a lot, but just because someone claims to speak for God does not make them from God. Can I please say that again, church? Just because someone claims to speak for God does not make them from God. And to guard ourselves against deception, particularly young believers, someone gets up, they open a Bible, they say something in a winsome way, right? We have to be very careful. It's actually your responsibility to be discerning, to test the spirits. 
The leadership here at the church takes very seriously that we are accurate to what the Bible is saying, and, and we do guard that, but you are also called to have this discerning spirit. Just because someone claims to speak for God does not make them from God. Look at the next part of this verse. By this you will know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. You know what we take away from this? God will never contradict himself. God will never contradict himself. So what that means is you need to know what he's actually said. Church, it, one of the best ways, the Bible talks about those who are young in their faith can be tossed to and fro by false doctrine, by false teaching. People with amazing smiles and, and great, great, you know, bands or someone who's, who's catching you in the corner saying, this is what God has for your life, right? You have to be discerning. And God will not contradict himself. So you need to know what he has said. You know the best way to stabilize your faith and to not be deceived and, and led astray is to actually know your Bible. Is to actually know your Bible. If you don't know what he has said, how do you know how that aligns with what someone is saying in your life? And when people speak into your soul, that's deep work. And it can be dangerous. You need to be discerning. You need to know what he said. You need to know the Bible is where it starts, right? Our foundation is this book. What does the Bible say? Because all of God's word is true, and it's non-contradictory, the Bible. Now, I would also say, once you are looking at what the Bible says, Christian tradition. I am always skeptical when someone says, I have a brand new interpretation of something. And I kind of hedge a little bit and go, well, it's been 2,000 years of some really smart men and women, some really godly men and women. And so what has tradition said? That's important. Bible's the foundation. Christian tradition, I would say, is next. And then godly, mature believers. I, I really hope that when people go, man, I, I, this doesn't sound right. This sounds kind of too good to be true, maybe. Like, who can I talk about this? This is a great opportunity to come speak to someone you know or come talk to the elders. Lastly, this is what 1 John 4 says. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world today. This is a problem for today. And friends, it is as, as old as anything in the book, right? We go all the way back to the book of Genesis when Satan goes up and says, did God really say... Did God really say not to eat? I mean, I don't know. I, God, I think God might have, said some, might have said something different. Maybe he was just angry in the moment. Like, I think it's fine. This is the old, literally, I mean, literally, the oldest lie in the book. <laughs> From beginning to end, Satan is this counterfeit. And, and he's honestly a very convincing one. And we need to recognize that. And the best way that we can combat that, remember when it comes to Jesus Remember when he comes to Jesus in the wilderness and Jesus is hungry and he says, you know what, Jesus, you can shortcut this whole process. You don't need to do the hard work. You can just snap your fingers and turn this bread, this stone into bread. What did Jesus say? It is written. He combats this falsehood with this foundation of the word of God. That sounds too good to be true. I want you to know it is written. Friends, let me invite you to take the communion elements as we close this morning. 
I want to invite you to take these communion elements. And, and here's really why I want to ground us in today. By the way, if uh, you're not a member here at Trinity, we still invite you to participate in communion with us. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're welcome to join us for communion today. But as we open this up and you take out the bread, see, Satan is all about shortcuts, deception, right? And Jesus had this commitment that says that the pathway that God has set is going to require some endurance. It's going to require some struggle. It's going to require some pain. And in fact, that path led him directly to the cross and to an evening and a meal where he passed around bread to his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat of it all. And as you open up this second lid, you come to the elements of juice or wine. Jesus passed around a cup of wine saying, this represents my blood, which is shed for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink of it all. Friends, this is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And those aren't just hollow words, but Jesus actually gave of his own life for people who didn't deserve it, so that they too could see truth. And friends, in a world full of fakes, may we keep our eyes set on Jesus, set on his word, set on what he's called us to do. And even when it gets hard, even when it gets costly, I want to remind you it's worth it. It's worth it. And one day, one day, we'll see him and be just like he is. Why don't you stand with us as we close in worship today, putting our eyes on Jesus, the truth.